You're listening to Podcast Royal. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rachel. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a moment and let our listeners know that our thoughts and prayers are with Israel and the victims and their families and all those experiencing the horrific events that have taken place over the past few weeks. We'll talk about that a little later in the episode, but I did want to mention it first before we share our usual content. I second that completely. So we've got some bit of British this week. We have our Royal Rundown, Royals Around the World, and a little transition from the Royal Deep Dive into a shorter fun fact on some Royals around the world as well. But first of all, how are you, Rachel? I am doing okay. I think like most of the world this week, I have a heavy heart. And I wanted to start off the top of this episode by apologizing actually for the audio issues I had on my end last episode. Like it was painful for me to listen to episode 109. I unknowingly had my mic partially unplugged and that was the result. What you heard, it was just not great audio. So hopefully today's audio experience will be back to normal and we can provide the best quality for you listeners. I did actually also want to jump in here really quick. So Jessica, do you remember last week? when we read that email from uh, our listener, Elizabeth, about Wallace Simpson, the family connection, all that. Yes, I do. Well, she emailed us back again and she added, the only piece I should have mentioned is the reason Wallace was such an embarrassment was that she upended the British monarchy in such a grace, disgraceful way. Excuse me. This was hard for a family that were actually descended from England. I, I can only imagine. So that was mm-hmm. just a follow-up from Elizabeth that I wanted to add in here. Thank you again for your email Elizabeth and um, this keep them coming listeners. Yeah, definitely. Well, really quickly, I want to put a reminder out there to our listeners. If you love the podcast, please take a second to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Those really mean a lot to us. And the more reviews we have, the easier it is for others to find the podcast so they can listen to, which of course helps us to continue to produce the show. So thank you so much for that. And let's go ahead and jump into this week's bit of British. So Today, I want to share a little about the different flags we see around the UK. Rachel, do you know a lot about the different flags of the UK? Not really. The only one that I can really, I mean, obviously the Union Jack, but I can also see the Wales flag in my mind, but that's, uh-huh. I can't even think of what the Scotland flag looks like, For to be honest with you. Well, I think a lot of our listeners could be knowledgeable on this topic if if they're, you know, really into learning about history and and different flags. But I know there are plenty of listeners out there who have probably seen various flags associated with the UK, but they're not really sure what they represent. So I did a little research and I thought this would be fun to share. So first and most famously, we have the Union Jack, like you mentioned, Rachel. So the Union Jack is the national flag of Great Britain. It represents all four nations in UK. So we've got England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. And it's the one I would say most people in other countries associate with the UK. Um, Of course, I feel like we see it a lot when we talk about the royals as well. But each of the four nations that make up the UK have their own flags. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what those are. First, we have the flag of England, which is also known as St. George's Cross. So St. George is the patron saint of England, and this flag has just a plain white background with a red straight up and down cross. The cross symbol was used by English soldiers in the 13th century. It's also been used by English monarchs, and the red cross 
the up and down cross is a component of the Union Jack. So I'm sure you can recognize that in your mind when you when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Next, Rachel, we'll talk about some that maybe you're not familiar with. We have Scotland. So the flag of Scotland is called St. Andrew's Cross. St. Andrew is the patron saint of Scotland. And this flag has a blue background. And it's it's not that dark navy. It's a little bit of a brighter blue. And there's a white X-shape cross on that flag. And the X-shape, I know you're thinking, is also a component of the Union Jack. So think mm-hmm. about those two put together. Mm-hmm. Next, we've got the flag of Northern Ireland. So Ireland is a little more complicated. They actually have a few flags that they use throughout their country, but we're going to talk about the one that's represented in the Union Jack, which is actually the Union Jack is the official flag of Northern Ireland. So the other flag is St. Patrick's Cross. Of course, St. Patrick is the patron saint of North Ireland, Northern Ireland. So this flag has a white, plain white background with the red X shape and the the X cross shape on the flag. And so as you can imagine, I know you can see that on the Union Jack as well. So you're probably thinking now we've kind of listed all of them. You can see all of these elements from England, Scotland, and Ireland on the Union Jack flag. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lastly, we have the flag of Wales or the red dragon, which you were talking about, Rachel. And I know many of our listeners have probably seen this flag when we get pictures of the prince and princess of Wales visiting Wales. Um, It's a rectangle. It's got the top horizontal half of the flag is white. The bottom horizontal half is this bright green color. And then over the top of the background, there's a big red dragon with his tongue out. Mm -hmm. And the dragon can actually be found in Welsh mythology. It was used during medieval times in Wales and England. But interesting fact, none of the components of this flag are represented in the Union Jack. So I think this makes sense as to maybe why we see it more often in Wales and and flown a lot by Welsh citizens, because I feel like maybe they want to have their flag represented in some way, don't you think? Yeah, I would would think so, yeah. While we're mentioning patron saints, the patron saint of um, Wales is St. David. We talk a lot about St. David's Day on the podcast when the royals recognize this. It falls on March 1st. Um, So another fun fact, St. David is the only saint of the four nations believed to actually be born in his patron country. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so. So next time you see the Union Jack being flown, I hope listeners will remember the different elements and kind of see the countries represented there on the flag and and just think about that. And maybe you'll see it a little bit differently next time. That's good stuff. I like a bit of British. I hope you'll keep doing this because you know what, listeners, we're all lifelong learners here, and I learn something new every time you do a bit of British, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and I would love it if listeners would uh, write in and let us know if there's something that they want us to share in that segment, because sometimes I'm a little bit, you know, trying to decide uh, where to go with that one. Well, let's jump into the Royal Rundown. I think that this next next week's episode, so episode 111, will be probably pretty light, honestly, because um, William and Kate are off this week. 
the kids, George, Charlotte, Louie, are all on half-term break. So, but that wasn't the case for last week. So we have plenty to talk about today. So let's back it up to a week ago, last Wednesday. Kate stepped out in Nottingham to visit Nottingham Trent University, which is a strong proponent the university is of mental health management for its students. So while there, Kate met with students and colleagues who have helped students with their mental health. She also took part in some well-being sessions. This all, of course, ties into uh, World Mental Health Day, which was that day, I believe. And at the same time Kate was in Nottingham, William went to the Milton Keynes Blue Light Hub to spotlight the importance of supporting the mental health of emergency responders. Of course, William was once an emergency responder himself. Listeners, you'll remember he was an air ambulance pilot. So I want to back up and talk about, as as we do on the show, Kate's outfit for Wednesday. <laughs> so I want to know your thoughts. Of course, white separates ruled this past week. Megan wore white separates the day before. Kate wore white separates on Wednesday. I would say that white separates were the theme. And actually, well, Kate wore a white Zara blazer, but she wore black pants to rugby. We'll talk about that later. But Kate's outfit, by the way, is from Cezanne. So tell me your thoughts. And we've got a picture here. Yeah. She looks yeah. beautiful. Like this is a gorgeous outfit. It is. I love Cezanne. Um, so she was in the Sammy jumper and the Niall skirt, I think. Um, I mean, okay. So to come out of a pantsuit streak, I feel like this was quite the fashion comeback. Like you said, uh, Rachel, I, I feel like she almost broke the internet this day. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting up that morning and, you know, checking the news. And as soon as I saw this look, I went to Cezanne's website and they were already sold out in both pieces in my size. They did have, they did have some other sizes still in stock. I don't know if they do now, but when I checked, which was shortly after waking up that morning, I had already missed out on purchasing these pieces, but they are really beautiful. I love this kind of warm, soft white for the cooler fall weather. Um, I think it looks great. I think this is one of the best looks that we've seen from her when it comes to engagements in quite a while. And, And I say that complimentary because I love almost all of her fashion choices, um, but this one really like she knocked it out of the park and Mm -hmm. I think we were all just a little burnout on the pantsuits. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Like, I think I was extra wowed by this outfit because we, all we had been seeing for a month plus was the pantsuit. So this, I mean, it's a gorgeous look anyway. I would have thought it was gorgeous anyway, but it was an extra pop because it was so different from what we've been seeing ad nauseum this past month. For sure. Well, Will, so on the same day, William and Kate took part in it. I can't believe they were this uh, candid, by, by the way. They took part in a pretty revealing BBC Radio 1 interview. They shared some quips. Um, I just was not expecting, especially that William admitted he starts sweating when he eats spicy food. Probably the, <laughs> probably the quip that I was really not expecting was that William's uh, most used emoji was the eggplant emoji. Which, uh, <laughs> has a connotation that has nothing to do with eggplants and I cannot believe he copped to that. Again, he admitted he starts sweating when he eats spicy food. We already knew that he had a bit of an aversion to spice and that Kate, God bless, has to make a special curry for him with only mild spice added because we know that Kate likes spicy food. So we also learned what was on the menu at the Whale's house last Tuesday night. I think they recorded it on Tuesday to air on, I don't know. I think it was Tuesday night aired on Wednesday, but um, they were going to go home and eat either curry or teriyaki salmon. 
and they were playfully bantering between them over who had to cook it which just the relatability of William and Kate is is wild like to think that this like yeah one would never hear like for example Charles and Diana having this conversation I (laughs) can't imagine that um by the way Kate's most used emoji was in her words the heart with then the crying emoji the hysterical laughing when things have gone wrong so I have to zoom in on William's NSFW which for you know those that may not know not safe for work admission were you expecting that? Because I know I was not. <laughs> I I feel like he was trying to be funny and, and make a joke. And of course, I think it worked. But, you know, we've talked a lot lately about him being more relatable and more approachable. And I feel like this is another example of him wanting to make people laugh and just feel comfortable around him. I will say this one joke. I think it was slightly pushing it. It might've been borderline too comfortable. Although, I mean, it worked. I I had a good laugh, but I do think he was being funny there. And I'm going to mention Catherine too. She's such a millennial. I was thinking about earlier this year or last year, when Gen Z was saying that the crying laughing emoji was chuggy and we should all be using something different. And I have to admit, I I checked my most frequently used emojis and I'm also guilty of using both the heart and the crying laughing emoji. So I've got to just say cheers to our fellow millennials out there. I think we have permission to keep using it if the Princess of Wales uses it. <laughs> okay, now I know, okay, here's a millennial talking again, an older, well, I'm 1986. So I think that's an older millennial. What does chuggy mean? I feel like I know what it means, but what, what does that mean? Oh my goodness, Rachel. I'm trying to think if I know how to like accurately define it um, without, I feel like I have to use an example, but kind of like the overly used kind of outdated cringy stuff. Like I think an example would be like the live, laugh, love sign, you know, people like, you know, it's just kind of like overdone and like a little bit out of fashion, maybe like Uh not the, Uh not the hot, cool thing. Again, listeners, do not say that we don't teach you. I mean, all the Gen Z listeners are like, oh my God, you're so uncool. You don't know what that means, but don't say we don't teach you anything around here. Okay. So um, just as William and Kate continually turn over new leaves with their stunning relatability, King Charles and Queen Camilla will further modernize the monarchy. This is actually a really big deal. When they visit Kenya this fall, they're going at the end of the month with the couple preparing to acknowledge a painful quote, that's their words, period in British colonial history during the visit. So the two will visit Kenya from October 31st to November 3rd. This marks the first time that the king and queen have visited a Commonwealth country since Charles took the throne over a year ago. I I mean, I guess I understand why they didn't travel a whole lot their first year, but now we're starting to get to pick that up. So in a statement from Buckingham Palace, the couple will acknowledge the more painful aspects of the UK and Kenya's shared history. And for Charles, no doubt Kenya brings up memories of his mother, the late Queen Elizabeth, She was, of course, visiting Kenya in 1952 alongside Prince Philip when she learned that she had become queen after the death of King George VI on February 6th of that year. So um, again, we've just had this France visit. Now we're headed to Kenya. So I'm excited to see them traveling again, even though, by the way, I wrote an article about this this week. William and Kate have not done a royal tour since the Caribbean tour and that was 19 months ago so I need William and Kate to start traveling together again I totally agree 
Um, Kenyans also preparing to celebrate 60 years of independence. So we got a statement from Buckingham Palace, and um, I'll read the statement. It says, his majesty will take time during the visit to deepen his understanding of the wrongs suffered in this period by the people of Kenya. Together, their majesties will tour a new museum dedicated to Kenya's history and will lay a wreath at the tomb of the unknown warrior at Gosh, I don't know how to say the the name of Uhuru, these gardens. Uhuru Gardens. Uhuru Gardens, as well as visiting the site of the Declaration of Kenya's Independence in 1963. Well, I think a visit of this nature is far overdue. And I actually think William set this precedent about talking about issues that maybe would not have been put on the table before when they were in Jamaica. So I'm glad that these things are being recognized and brought to the fore. And speaking of addressing issues of import, the king and the prince and princess of Wales, uh, Jessica, you teed this up at the top of the episode, all condemned the Hamas attack and they shared their support for Israel. So on Wednesday of last week, so a week ago, William and Kate released a statement on social media. A spokesperson for the couple said the prince and princess of Wales are profoundly distressed by the devastating events that have unfolded in the past days. The horrors inflicted by Hamas terrorist attack upon Israel are appalling. They utterly condemn them. As Israel exercises its right of self-defense, all Israelis and Palestinians will continue to be stalked by grief, fear, and anger in the time to come. Their Royal Highnesses hold all the victims, their families, and their friends in their hearts and minds. Those the Prince of Wales met in 2018 overwhelmingly shared a common hope that of a better future. In the midst of such terrible suffering, the prince and princess continue to share that hope without reservation. So if you remember, in 2018, William made history as the first member of the royal family to visit Israel on official business. The king is the most recent member of the royal family to visit Israel. He visited in 2020. Speaking of the king, a spokesperson from Buckingham Palace said, this is a situation his majesty is extremely concerned about, and he has asked to be kept actively updated. His thoughts and prayers are with all of those suffering, particularly those who have lost loved ones, but also those actively involved as we speak. His majesty is appalled by and condemns the barbaric acts of terrorism in Israel. And Harry and Meghan also released a statement on the matter they condemned all acts of terrorism and they wrote, we are supporting our partners and organizations on the front lines in Israel to provide the urgent aid needed and to help all innocent victims of this unconscionable level of human suffering. You already spoke for both of us. I will echo that and speak for both of us when I say that our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Israel as well. And it's impossible to not have a heavy heart right now. Absolutely. So on a lighter note, um, this is this is a breath of fresh air that we needed. We accidentally actually learned that Kate will bring her Christmas Carol concert back for the third year in a row. So the royal family actually made a goof on its website. They listed an engagement for the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester as having the couple attending, quote, a carol service held by the Princess of Wales in Westminster Abbey, London on December 8th. So whoops. I love goofs on the royal family. <laughs> like somebody, somebody got in trouble that day. I think <laughs> we we hear those every now and then. They're always funny, but um. So yeah, this date actually does it lines up with the previous two carol concerts. So I know we're hoping that this is officially a Christmas tradition that we can look forward to every year. And um, you know, the first year on December eighth, twenty twenty one, Kate showed up with William, and then. The second year, December 15th, 2022, she brought Charlotte and George. So maybe this year we'll see Prince Louis. What do you think, Rachel? God, I hope so. Like I always <laughs> want, my mom, t- I wrote a story about Louis today. I haven't written about him in a long time. 
And uh, my mom texted me and said, I live for Prince Louis. And because I like in the story, I put tons of like photos of him making funny faces. And I do too. So um, they, I don't think he attended last year because it was past his bedtime. I mean, he's only five. So yeah. who knows if that has changed, you know, in the past year, but I hope so. Because the more Louis, the better. <laughs> are you excited? I know you are. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll be looking out, um, you know, it's a, it's a Christmas Carol concert. I feel like we can, you know, stay up a little bit later for that, but, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you definitely have to be on your best behavior there too. So, yeah. And it's been airing, they're taping it on December 8th, I guess, but it's been airing the past couple of years on Christmas Eve on ITV. So that's kind of becoming actually one of our new Christmas Eve traditions in, in my house. So, on Thursday of last week, William and Kate took part in a mental fitness workshop. That was really the theme of last week was really kind of all around World Mental Health Day. And this workshop was organized by Sports Aid. They visited Beesham Abbey National Sports Center in Marlow, Buckinghamshire to take part in two practice sessions with young athletes focused on building mental resilience. Okay, I can't ever say this word. I want to call it Vejas. Are they Vejas or Vejas? Um, I, I say Veja. I, I think that's. Mo I think that's the correct way to say okay. it. Yes. Probably so. That, well, good. So I was actually right for a change on how I wanted to say it the first time. So Kate wore those shoes that Jessica just said. So I'm <laughs> sure you saw this. Yeah, I actually posted this like on our Instagram account. And I said, she's back with the blazers and the vejas. But um, I, I really liked this look. I thought the mix of the denim with the tennis shoes and then the more dressed up blazer was just great. Um, the cut of the jeans were perfect. You know, they're not the skinny jeans that we're used to seeing her in, but they're definitely not the baggy jeans. A lot of people are wearing now, and they're also not the flare jeans. We've seen her in her kind of off duty capacity at the kids, um, you know, sports games and things. So they were fitted perfectly casual, but polished overall with this look. And I love it. I also tend to choose the style of jean. I just, it's classic, you know, but um, I did notice she still had her fingers taped up from her trampoline incident with the children. And I feel like that's got to be bugging her by now. I know she wants to get those bandages off. Yeah. I love, I love this look. I love, I love a good blazer with jeans combo and, uh, and she looks fantastic. And I, I want those shoes. I think it's time. I have some white sneakers, but I don't have that brand. So go uh, for it, Rachel. If you can find them not sold out, they're, um, they're yeah, pretty exactly. popular right now. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, over the weekend, William and surprise guest George traveled to Marseille, France to watch Wales square off against Argentina in the rugby world cup. And unfortunately, Wales lost to Argentina 29 to 17. And the next day, a solo Kate, actually, I think Zara was there as well. I don't know if Michael Tyndall was there, but I know Zara was. Um, Kate did not have George and she watched England defeat Fiji 30 to 24. So of course we've said this a hundred times. William is patron of Welsh rugby. Kate is patron of England rugby. It seems George has declared whether he meant to or not, what side he's on between in the rivalry that they've been joking about for a while between his parents. I should also mention that William and George both wore matching Navy suits and red ties, likely a nod to Wales. So this is actually an important milestone for George because it marks his first official sporting event abroad that he's ever attended. Obviously he's been to Wimbledon and other things within the UK, but they went to France. So what did you think? Well, you know, I don't follow sports um, super, super closely. I have a few few teams I'll follow, um, but I do always love a trip to France, and I do always love seeing 
Kate and William anytime they're out with the kids. So I, I love that. I think that is so fun. Um, you know, I think everybody looks forward to that. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Rachel? I thought it was good. Um, Kate like had the most like relatable fashion moment. She showed up wearing essentially the same, like, I think it was the same Zara blazer as um, the woman sitting one seat away from her, which like, who cares? <laughs> but like, so the, the, that woman, Kate paired the white blazer with, um, with black Roland Murray trousers. She, the, the woman paired, um, I'm stumbling because I'm trying to think of her name. It's Hillary, Lady Hillary something. And her husband is the, I'm sorry, like, I'm not meaning to be disrespectful. I'm just having a brain moment. Her husband is, I think the president of world rugby, but anyway, she, um, paired hers with white trousers. So it wasn't the exact same look, but it was similar enough, but who cares? They both look beautiful. So one very last quick minute add in as we close the Royal Rundown, we learned today that the crown will have a Pippa Middleton character, which we did not know heretofore. It will apparently be a brief appearance, but Pippa will be in the show somehow and played by actress Matilda Broadbridge on the show's final season, which is coming up in less than a month. I think it's the 14th of November. I'm pulling things out of my brain and my brain is dead. But anyway, so there is our Royal Rundown this week. We do not have a listener Q&A, but we have a really exciting Royals Around the World that you teed up last week about Prince Christian's 18th birthday gala, which looked amazing. So tell us about it. I have been waiting to talk about this. I'm so excited. We've shared some on our Instagram, but since our last episode, Prince Christian of Denmark has turned 18. He's had quite the royal celebration at the palace. And I know listeners remember, you know, we shared, like you said, some initial details for the birthday bash, but this week we've got all the details to recap um, and who attended the big event. So let's go ahead and jump into that. You know, we we're anticipating a balcony appearance and we did get one. Mm-hmm. I shared that photo on our Instagram account. We saw the prince with both of his parents, Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Prince Mary standing on the balcony of the palace waving to the public. Um and then to mark the day, the country of Denmark has officially declared Prince Christian's birthday as an official flag day, which means each year on October 15th, Danish flags will be flown at government establishments all around the country. Um, we also saw some new family portraits released for her birth- for his birthday, and we had a new stamp put oh, into circulation. So exciting. I'm glad that they're marking this because I don't think that they did this for William's 18th birthday. I mean, I, this was in two, the year 2000, but I don't think that it, I, I can't honestly remember, but I'm glad yeah. that they're marking it in this way. Well, that's a good point you bring up because I feel like these were some big occurrences to mark his day. And it almost feels like this is something that you would do for the reigning monarch, right? Like, right, right. Or, um, or at least like, you know, at least the heir, like the heir apparent, right? Like, because Christian, right. Christian's the second in line to the throne. So he's not going to be the immediate successor. So I, I'm glad that good, good for them that they're recognizing this in this way, but it seems like a whole lot in a great way to mark someone that's not like that's the second in line to the throne. So I love it. Definitely. Okay. So now for the big news, the 18th birthday bash to confirm last week's details, there were 200 young people in attendance from local cities around Denmark. So if you remember, they were young people who stand out in the areas of art, sports, and culture. 
and they were um, representing their their local places all around the country. So we got a clip on Instagram of the musical entertainment at the party, which included Danish rapper Benjamin Hov. Um, I had not heard of him before, but if you want to hear a clip of him singing, you can check out that Instagram. Hmm. And then Prince Christian and his father, Crown Prince Frederick, gave speeches to everyone in attendance. And in Christian's speech, he thanked the young people in attendance. And he said that it felt good to be surrounded by so many peers. Um, And then I'll quote him. He said, we are not the same, but we stand in the same place in life. We have something in common. And tonight is new for all of us. Then he acknowledged his Australian heritage. So for listeners, if you don't know, his mother is from Australia. So he actually has dual citizenship, both in Denmark and Australia. But he said, and I'm quoting him, I have roots in many places around the world, or I'm sorry, I have roots in many places in the world, but home will always be here because I love my country. Hmm. So at the dinner gala, guests were served fish with fennel, Jerusalem artichokes, Danish truffles, stuffed rooster, vegetables, peaches, wine, and cake. I was with you all the way until the stuffed rooster. (laughs) That (laughs) threw me off a little bit, but everything else sounds real good. (laughs) All right. So last week, we also mentioned some of the other royals who would be in attendance. And I will say this was the place to be seen. Um, We had a lot of royals there. We got a group photo even of several of the future monarchs from around Europe, which we shared on Instagram. Um, That was a great photo. I know you saw that one too, Rachel. Yeah, that's a powerful photo. In the photo release, there was Prince Christian of Denmark in the middle. And then um, at the sides of him, we saw Princess Elizabeth of Belgium, Princess Ingrid Alexandra of Norway, Princess Katarina Amalia of the Netherlands, and Princess Estelle of Sweden. So quick fun fact, Crown Princess Victoria of Sweden and Crown Prince Hakan of Norway are godparents to Christian. Mm -hmm. And another fun fact, Prince William and Prince Harry are Christian's fifth cousins. I'm telling you, all these European royals are related in some way. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are. Um, So I have mentioned this in past episodes, but I would really love to see our British royals attending more of these events hosted by other royal families around Europe. You know, we don't actually know. I mean, I don't know if the British royals were even invited to this party, but I have to imagine they would be. Sure they would. And I just would love to see them supporting their fellow, you know, royals and distant relatives. And I was thinking about this. Prince George is 10. So you could argue that's maybe a little young for a party like this. But then again, Princess Estelle of Sweden was in attendance and she's only 11. And I just think it would be so great to see Prince George there with both of his parents. And, you know, I know there's this argument out there that the British royals often don't attend these types of events because they don't want to steal the spotlight because they do get so much attention everywhere that they go. But I feel like it would make great content for royal watchers. I mean, don't you agree? I agree. But actually, you brought this up, I think, um, where, where were, I don't remember where they were, but you said that the British Royals might not be there because they don't want to overshadow. Example, the Royal wedding this summer, the, of, of Jordan, right? Yep. Who, <laughs> who do we talk about the whole time? William and Kate. So and Kate's dress. <laughs> yeah. And William's moment where we, you and I got all over the tabloids for like cutting Kate off or whatever. So, like, I mean, the point is true. If the British Royals are there, they're going to take all the headlines. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, one royal I was really happy to see there was Crown Princess Met Merit of Norway. Listeners will remember the palace in Norway released a statement a few weeks ago that her royal duties were on hold through the fall and winter holidays due to her health battle with pulmonary fibrosis. And so we were actually only expecting to see her husband, Crown Prince Hakan, there with their daughter, Ingrid Alexandra. So I think seeing her show up in attendance alongside them was a really good sign that she is managing her health well. She felt up to the travel and the events of the weekend. So that was a really fun surprise. Yeah, I was really happy to see her because we've been a little bit concerned about her over here. I also loved that she and her daughter had dresses that were like perfectly matching colors. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, everybody looked beautiful. So a few other royals in attendance included, of course, our Danish royals. We had Queen, Queen Margaret of Denmark. Crown Prince Frederick, Crown Prince Mary of Denmark, I'm sorry, Crown Princess Mary of Denmark, <laughs> Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel of Sweden, Queen Anne-Marie of Greece, Crown Princess Marie Chantal, and Crown Prince Pavlos of Greece. We also saw Prince Joachim and Princess Mary of Denmark there. As a reminder, they're the younger son and daughter-in-law of the Queen of Denmark. And she very famously removed their children's prince and princess titles from them in January of this year. But they were there. They were supporting Prince Christian and celebrating with the family. Um, we didn't have the king and queen of the Netherlands there. And I think um, a big reason for that is Princess um, Katerina Amalia is, I think she's 21 at this point. or No, she's 19. Um, and so she's an adult getting her age I think she's 19 but she's she's an adult so she's able to travel on her own and attend these things um in her own capacity so she was there and then um I think the reason we did see crown prince Hakan and princess crown princess met merit is because um crown prince Hakan is uh the godfather right. of right of prince Christian, so it makes sense that they would be there right um but I did have another fun detail to share about this event. So I have to mention this. I, I saw it on, I think it was on their Instagram. Rachel, did you hear about the Cinderella moment at the palace? Yes. And I'm obsessed with this, but I'm like, what happened? Where like, she left the shoe behind, <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Um, so let, let's just jump into it real quick. We have, okay, we've got this big gala with tiaras and ball gowns for the prince's birthday. And then the next day, the Royal Palace posted a photo on their Instagram account of a single gold sparkly high heel shoe. And it was captioned, is it Cinderella who forgot her shoe last night? And then they go on to say, when the guests at Her Majesty the Queen's gala dinner went home yesterday, this lonely stiletto shoe was left at Christiansborg Palace. The owner is welcome to contact us to get it back. So I see this post on Instagram, Rachel, and immediately my mind goes to, you know, I'm imagining this moment where this girl comes back and Christian gets on one knee and he slips this pretend glass slipper on her foot and it's a perfect fit and they live happily ever after. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like everybody kind of wanted that to happen. I didn't think you were more of a romantic than me, but I think you did. Cause I did not think that at all. I, I thought, why were, why was it just one shoe? <laughs> why didn't both shoes get left behind? Well, for anyone who was following the story, I do have an update. The owner has been identified. So it was a guest by the name of Anne Sophie 
Tornzo Olson, and she was there representing one of the 200 municipalities. She has actually admitted to a news outlet that she did leave the shoe <laughs> behind on purpose because- I didn't know that. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So she wanted to create the perfect fairy tale moment. And she was quoted saying it was meant to be a fairy tale ending a la Cinderella. I thought it was a bit funny myself. And I talked to my family and friends about it before and they agreed that I should do it. It's a chance you won't get again. Hmm. So, I mean, she's not wrong, right? (laughs) But unfortunately, to our knowledge, no Prince Christian proposal accompanied this, the the meeting of the girl with the shoe. Yeah, no, they'll probably just try. She tried. She tried. Yeah, they'll they'll send it to her in the mail, but (laughs) (laughs) We'll, we'll stick it in. It's a cute shoe, too. I would miss it. Well, when she was asked about having the shoe returned to her, she said, if they just throw it away, I'd probably like to have it back. (laughs) It is, after all, a memory from a great evening. So there you go. The mystery of the Cinderella shoe is solved. And you, we included a couple pictures here yeah. from the, which we, we did share on our Instagram. So we don't have to go into much detail about those, but yeah, the only thing I want to say is that last photo, which of course listeners, you can't see that, but it's the photo that Jessica mentioned of all the heirs to the throne. That's a powerful photo because it's so female dominated. Like there is Prince Christian and four women. So girl power, we've talked about this before. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be girl power in the next generation, maybe not for the British Royal family, but for Royal families around the world. Definitely. Yes. Five up and coming monarchs who are, um, maybe feeling a little obligated to forego their, their Royal allowance. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Catherine Ball. You appreciate that one. Yeah. (laughs) Last, last note on this, uh, this is an epic story. Honestly, I think it's as almost as big as the Jordanian royal wedding over the summer, but Crown Princess Mary wore the Knot sapphire brooch to, do you say brooch or brooch? We've had this conversation before. Do you say brooch or brooch? I say brooch. Brooch. Okay. We do this about tiara, tiara, brooch, brooch. Anyway, um, she wore that to the balcony appearance that Jessica mentioned alongside Christian for his 18th birthday last Sunday. The piece actually carries more sentimental value than may originally appear. So Queen Margrethe gifted it to Mary for Christian's baptism. Mary wore it at his christening in January, 2006. So bringing it out this past weekend to where feels very full circle and touching. And I included a photo of Crown Princess Mary at, look at that little cute baby Christian at his christening. And then um, the photo next to it is her on Sunday. So it's full circle moment there. And she's wearing blue in both occasions. I was going to say that. Yeah, she's got blue on. She is, um, she is beautiful and she has a great sense of style. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we move on to our last segment, I do want to mention that we got some tragic news from Belgium on Monday evening. There was actually a terrorist attack in Brussels. Uh, Two Swedish men were shot and killed. They were there visiting the city for a Belgium-Sweden football game. Um, I actually, Rachel, I don't know if you've checked on this story today. I have not had a chance, but as of Monday night, um, the terrorists had not been captured and Belgium raised its terror alert to the highest level. And we did get a statement from King Philippe and Queen Mathilde um, that said, we are shocked by tonight's shooting in our capital. Our thoughts are first and foremost with the victims, their families and loved ones. We support the security forces who are currently doing their utmost to track down the perpetrator. I had not so, heard about that. So that's, again, yet another example of we're just, we just have heavy hearts over here. Yeah, for sure. And, and we'll have to follow up on that story for our listeners. 
Well, again, trying to close on a little bit of a lighthearted note. So we are finished with Royal Deep Dive. We had our last one on Wallace Simpson last week. So in place of that, I'm starting a new segment for a few weeks. I don't, it's going to be, actually, it's going to be more than a few weeks. It's going to be probably more than a month about Royals Around the World factoid. So in this new segment, I'm, this is going to be very brief. I'm just going to share a fun little factoid about each of the royal families from around the world. We mentioned a lot of them on the show. And interestingly enough, for our inaugural Royals Around the World factoid of the week, I did not do this on purpose, but this tends to happen. It tends to line up serendipitously. I'm bringing the royal family of Denmark to the table. Again, we had no idea that this was going to line up like this, not planned. But in the weird serendipitous way, it all seems to work out over here at Podcast Royal. I actually wrote this segment back in August. So it was long before I knew that Prince Christian would have his birthday party the same week. So again, the new segment, I'm just going to share a brief factoid, one that I find interesting. So we've obviously, I mean, we've talked about them a lot over the past couple of weeks and even before that, talked about the royal family of Denmark over the years, mostly about Queen Margrethe stripping the children of her younger son, Joachim, which Jessica just mentioned, of their titles unexpectedly. By the way, Joachim, his wife, and his four children are in Washington, D.C. now. They are, or at least I think they are. Like I said, I wrote this back in August, and they were supposed to come in September. Haven't really followed up on that, but I'm pretty sure they're here. They are moving to Washington, D.C. permanently, and I think they're here. So anyway, Queen Margrethe is the only queen by birth currently in the entire world. I feel like I mention that every time we talk about her. She has reigned for over 50 years. She ascended to the throne on January 14th, 1972. Her nickname, fun fact, is Daisy. Didn't know that. Um, no. so kind, it's kind of like her version of Lilibet. But that is not the factoid I'm bringing to the table today. So Queen Margrethe was widowed on February 13th, 2018, when her husband, Prince Henrik, died. And he was the first male consort in Danish history. And about, I just think this is interesting. We'll just put it that way. About six months before he died, back in August of 2017, he said he did not want to be buried next to his wife. Wow. Yeah. Why, you may ask. He cited his longtime complaint about being named Prince Consort instead of King Consort as he wanted. Ouch. Uh, One more fun factoid about this royal family. Uh, Jessica mentioned a minute ago that Crown Princess Mary is Australian. So Crown Prince Frederick, he is next in line to the throne. He's Prince Christian's father, met his future wife, Australian Mary Donaldson, at the Sydney Olympics in 2000. Actually not the only royal couple to meet at the Olympics. We'll bring up some others later down the line. So I always love a good prince and commoner love story. So there's our Denmark factoids. I guess there was more than one for the week and we'll have a new royal family next week for you. Well, that's fun. And, you know, speaking of Crown Princess Mary again, she is a fan favorite among royal watchers. And I think she and the Princess of Wales have that in common. Mm -hmm. They're both just widely loved by royal watchers. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with, you know, their non-royal upbringings, just making them maybe more relatable, but more understanding of the public and really more of a true fairy tale love story. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. who doesn't love a good girl next door meets Prince a la Hallmark movie. Um, a la leaving your shoe at the palace and trying. For, <laughs> exactly. hey, it's, we don't know if that's not going to happen. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. They might be falling in love over the phone right now. Who knows? But we love a good love story around here. Definitely. Well, Rachel, I think that's it for today. That's it. 
right. So be sure to come hang out with us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. We try to have fun over there and share some royal news and photos with our followers, as well as polls every so often. Um, If you do have questions or thoughts, you can share those with us via DM on Instagram or send us an email. You can catch us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. Like I said, we're looking for any content that you want to hear more from us um, regarding, you know, a bit of British or royal factoids or whatever you want to hear. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 110 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.